Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We want to let you know about our new Wired for Greatness online discipleship platform. It equips you to do the work of God in your realm of influence. Check it out at wiredforgreatness.me. Enjoy this podcast. I was asking the Lord kind of what I uh, should talk about today, and it's going to be today and next week, so part one coming at you right now. We're going to talk about kingdom force. You know, let the force, may the force be with you, right? The kingdom force. We're going to talk about the kingdom of force. Did you know that the kingdom actually is forceful? Yes? Did you know that? So I, I love this because it's on the tail end of Scott and Jimmy preaching, who did an amazing job. Wasn't that incredible when they spoke? So good. And something that Scott said uh, that really jumped out at me that, that fits today uh, was just an amazing one-liner. He said, you are the answer to the Lord's prayer on the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're the answer to the Lord's prayer. That's an amazing statement. Come on, would you just, what would happen if you believed that about yourself? Like, I'm the answer to Jesus' prayer, <laughs> right? That he said we should pray. That's amazing. And so when, when God, when Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, there's an understanding that the kingdom is going to have to force a few things out to make way for itself, Right? Are you following me? And so this is a very popular verse, Matthew eleven twelve. This is kind of the anchor idea for today. I have it in the ESV on the screens for you. From the days of John the Baptist until now, this is Jesus speaking, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. How many of you heard that verse? You probably, very popular verse, yeah. Um, in the Amplified Classic, I don't have it on the screens. It's actually amazing. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault, and violent men seize it by force. As a precious prize, a share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with the most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Did you know that you're supposed to be intensely exerting yourself at the resting place? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so much fun. In the New Living Translation, it says, From the time of John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Say forcefully advancing. And violent people are attacking it. Come on, that's, that's, some, that's some straight talk. That's some pretty crazy language. And this is Jesus, you know. This is supposed to be like peace and happiness pacifist Jesus, right? Like, no. <laughs> Jesus is not a pacifist. He's a kingdom guy. Uh-huh. Okay, so just judging your faces, it's good. So the word force is important. I have the definition for you. This is the definition from the dictionary. A force is a push or pull upon an object resulting from the object's interaction with another object. Okay? Whenever there's an interaction between two objects, there's a force upon each of the objects. So this requires two objects. Is this making sense? So when Jesus said the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, has been forcefully advancing, that means there's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of darkness, and they're two objects that are forcing on one another. Now, I'm not preaching dualism. I'm not preaching yin and yang. I'm not telling you that they're anyway equals. Not at all. But there is an element of force. Now, here's the thing. If you hear nothing else today, you need to hear this. Force requires resistance. It requires it. There's no such thing as force without a resisting force. Force requires resistance. So what I want to do today is actually bring balance to and release an understanding, a proper understanding of 
the enemy's activity in our lives. Come on, because a lot of us freak out about things that totally are not the devil. <laughs> and a lot of us don't even realize it's the devil and he eats our lunch. You know what I'm saying? So I want to bring a little bit of balance today to that through this passage. So uh, Bill Johnson's favorite, one of my favorite pastors, and he said, if you never run into a demon or two, you might be going in the wrong direction. <laughs> if you never encounter resistance, you might be going with the flow of the wrong kingdom. You know, you might be going the wrong direction. <laughs> Come on. So we're, we're to be aware of the resistance but not distracted by it. Many, many Christians are just straight up distracted by the devil. And he's an egomaniac. All he wants is your attention. That is all the devil wants is your attention. Because if he can get your eyes, the rest of you will follow. You ever tried to walk somewhere you weren't looking? It doesn't work very well. <laughs> so if he can get your attention, he wins. That's why it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We run the race with endurance. How do you run? Fixing your eyes on Jesus. Yes. Whoa. So we're to focus on the kingdom, knowing that we will be resisted. This is the balance I want to bring today. Are you okay? We're to focus on the kingdom, but you got to know you're going to be resisted when you focus on the kingdom. Yeah? Okay. So a passive approach to the kingdom will produce a passive result. Did you hear in the Amplified Version it says, it's a, you know, the violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. So if we're not intensely going after this thing, we're not going to have, if we passively go after it, uh, I hope the kingdom comes. I hope his will is done. I don't know. I'm just really hoping to get out of here. I'm really hoping that I'll be, I pray to prayer I'm going to heaven, and I hope the kingdom stuff happens. <laughs> Before or after, it doesn't really matter to me because I'm good. I got my fire insurance. <laughs> Come on, somebody. A passive approach to the kingdom will produce a passive result. Why do you think the world is winning in so many areas? Because the church is extremely passive. The church has viewed salvation as a rescue plan. It's not a rescue plan. It's a restoration plan. You're supposed to reform the earth. Why do you think when you got saved, you didn't get zapped out of here? Like, beam me up, Scotty. You know what I mean? There's a reason you're still here. It's to advance the kingdom. You're the kingdom force. Come on, Trump wants a space force. That's cool. I want a kingdom force. You know what I'm saying? Anybody hear that? Anyway, okay, whatever. It's just funny. I thought it was funny. Come on. <laughs> Hey, Space Force is cool. Kingdom Force is better. Let's do that. You know what I'm saying? Come on. So this is, this is just, just a little sidebar here. This is why we're doing things like Wired for Greatness, okay? Wired for Greatness is because we believe that each and every one of you has a passion locked up inside, you know? And it's waiting to be unleashed in your realm of influence. God wants you equipped to be a kingdom force in your realm of influence. And that's why Wired for Greatness exists. It's an online discipleship program. If you haven't heard about it, go to wiredforgreatness.me. You'll get a little free sample. You'll see me talking at you. It'll be good. It's, Scott. it's Scott's actually brainchild, and it's amazing. It's really awesome, really well done. So that's why we're doing things like that. Because, you know, first of all, the world is being discipled online. So we're just throwing our hat in the ring. And we want to disciple people in South Africa and South Tampa. You know what I'm saying? So we're online discipleship. But it's for you and for all y'all out there on live stream land. And you can check it out. So these things are going to unleash your, the force of the kingdom within you into your realm of influence. Because we're not trying to get everybody to be pastors. 
We're not trying to get everybody to be church leaders. That's ridiculous. Like maybe 10% of the church population, maybe, that's a high estimate, should be working at the church. The rest of y'all need to be working in the world to advance the kingdom. We equip the saints for the work of ministry, not at church. <laughs> if the only time ministry happens is at church, that's, that's a really bad plan. Like we got to get everyone in this room? That's stupid, okay? No, you need to go out there and be the kingdom force. I want to make t-shirts. I'm liking it. The more I say it, I want to make t-shirts. Kingdom force. <laughs> anyway. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit of a story, and then we're going to read that, that verse in context, and I hope I get through all of this. So my, my time to Israel this last time was extremely resisted. It was extremely resisted, guys. I mean, I, I am, this is like very weird for me to even be talking this way. I don't talk about stuff like this. I don't talk about the devil. I like to, I like to just knock him out and then keep going. I like, you know, being Christ-focused, but it says we're not unaware of the devil's schemes. It says that in your Bible. Well, a lot of us really are unaware of the devil's schemes. So we got to have some awareness here of what's going on. And so I'll just tell you, I woke up Thursday when I was flying out that morning totally just horribly sick. Wednesday night, went to bed, excited, totally fine. And Thursday morning, I wake up out of nowhere. I had a sinus headache. I had chills. I was shaking. I was feverish. It was crazy. And so I was running a few errands that morning. And on the way back from one of the errands, I'm like, God, what is this, man? I mean, like, I'm, I'm shaking. I feel dizzy. I feel a little nauseous. Sorry if this is an overshare, but I'm going to get more overshare in just a minute. Um, and I'm like, Lord, what is this? Because we always want to do what God is doing, right? This is the safest prayer model there is. What are you doing, Lord? Doing. Not, oh, I've seen it work this way, or, oh, they prayed that way, or, you know, this. I read it in a book once. No, God, what are you doing right now? And then you partner with what God is doing, present tense. And so that's what I said. I said, God, what, what are you doing? I know you care about this. I know you don't want me to get on an 11-hour plane ride like this. You know what I mean? What are you doing? And I heard something that is, I know it was God because it totally wouldn't have been my idea. Okay, I heard the Lord say, rebuke witchcraft. I'm in my truck. I'm like, what? Say what? You know, where are they? Where, where are the witches at? You know, where are you at? What are you doing? Who's, who's, you know? And so I just said, okay. And I said, I rebuke, I rebuke witchcraft. And it felt like a blanket came off my arms and my shoulders, like a blanket was lifted off of me. It was weird. I mean, like, I physically felt something come off of me. That was very strange. And uh, I, everything kind of calmed down a little bit, but then a little later, uh, waiting to go to the airport, I was still shaking. I had chills. I wrote this down because there's a lot of details. I, had to, I called Scott. I was like, Scott, listen, man, I, I got all this going on. It's out of nowhere. Please pray for me. I put it on speakerphone. I put it on my chest. And I was laying there bundled up in a blanket like, Oh, Lord, please deliver me, your servant, you know. I mean, because you guys got to understand, Israel, it's not just a tourism trip. It was a missions trip. We went into refugee camps. We did some heavy stuff. I'll talk about it. But he prayed for me, and some, some relief came. But this was the kingdom advancing. Are you understand? This was the kingdom, the object of the kingdom forcing against the object of darkness advancing. This, was, this is what it feels like for the kingdom advancing, to advance. I'd love to break it to you. This is what it looks like to advance the kingdom. I'm just saying, it's not uh, all rainbows and butterflies all the time for you and me. 
Read the, read the New Testament. Read about Paul, okay? It was not always fun, okay? I was not having a good time anyway. So I forced myself to get in the car to go to Orlando, get on a plane to JFK. And um, at JFK, while I'm waiting for my next flight, it got really, really bad. Really, really bad. I bought like one of those $35 plush blanket things that are totally a waste of money. You know, and I wrapped myself up in it and I was walking, pacing through the airport. Like I was like doing this, trying to get my body temperature because I was freezing. I was frigid and shaking, like teeth chattering, shaking. I, um, yeah, was fighting that. I actually went in the restroom and got sick. I threw up and I get a phone call from Jamadi, and she says, I have to go to the hospital. I'm having symptoms of my water breaking, all this stuff, and that's what happened with our first son, and so she had just had a recent procedure, and they said, if these things happen, you need to come in. So I'm at JFK. My wife's driving to the hospital. I'm feeling like absolute you-know-what, and I'm like, God, am I supposed to get on this plane? I mean, I will go home. I will go home. I'm good. You know, and I, again, I said, Lord, what are you doing? And I heard the Lord. This is really important, God. This is why you need to be in community collectives. This is why you need to be pressing in to hearing the voice of God. Because if I had not heard the voice of God, I would not have gone to Israel. I heard the Lord say, false alarm, all is well. And I'm like, I don't feel very well, but I believe you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Lord, false alarm, all is well. What's up with this then? What's, what's going on? You know what I mean? And I knew that he was talking about my wife, so... I called Jamadi. She's at the hospital waiting in the ER. And I was like, all right, babe, do you want me to get, do you want me to go home? I heard this from the Lord. I could be wrong. I got no pride in that. Like we see us in a glass dimly. I, I don't always hear perfectly. I was testing it with my, my wife and she's like, I don't know. Maybe that is the Lord. It's okay. I feel, I feel sort of okay. And then we just decided, I was like, all right, I'm going to get on this plane to Tel Aviv, come hell or high water. And then if Things are, because I had to get on the plane and they hadn't seen her yet. You know what I mean? It's like, this is like, come on, just bring the doctor in and see her so I know I have some peace of mind. Are you guys okay? I just want to bring you with me and show you this and make the devil pay for it real good today. That's what the deal is. So, because <laughs> I did have some anxiety. I'm like, Lord, oh my gosh, you know, like, what is she feeling? You know, is she having like PTSD? I mean, this is, this is crazy, you know? And so she's only like 19 weeks, 20 weeks. I'm like, the baby cannot come. This early, we've done 24. We're not looking for a repeat of the miracle, Lord. We're good. One miracle's good. We're good with that. You know, my, my son was born at 1 pound 11 ounces at 24 weeks and total miracle baby. But anyway, we decided, okay, I'm going to get on the plane, and I'll keep texting you until the door's closed. You know, I'll ignore the airplane mode instructions until uh, you finally, you know, the doctor talks to you or we take off. And if I don't hear from you before we take off, I'll figure it out in Tel Aviv. They have, they have Wi-Fi, and I'll get on a plane and come home. That's what we decided. It felt like wisdom. We had peace because we heard the Lord say false alarm all as well. I got on that plane. Right before the doors closed, she texted me, water didn't break. Hallelujah. And I'm like, okay, thank you, Jesus. You know, this is the kingdom advancing. You understand? I'm trying to show you that this thing's stressful sometimes. <laughs> it is. I mean, for real. So... I'm on the plane. I'm like, okay, thank you for that, God. But my sinus headache, I've been taking, I've been spraying crap up my nose. I'm taking pills. I don't take medicine often. But I'm like, Lord, knock me out because this is going to be horrible. I've had a sinus headache on one other plane ride, and I felt like a knife was being pushed into my, my nose. It was awful. So I was not looking forward to it. 
And I'm still thinking, oh, should I get off this plane and go home? This is going to be miserable, you know. But widows and orphans in refugee camps were waiting for us to release the sound of heaven, you know what I'm saying, and to feed them and to love them. And so I'm like, I, I should definitely go. I got to go. Anyway, uh, long story short, I, as soon as we start to take off, I am in so much pain, I asked him to give me a bag. I, I got sick in the bag, and then I passed out on my neighbor. I literally blacked out on takeoff. I'm not kidding. I was in so much pain. My system just shut down. I blacked out. I know that because I woke up like drooling on his chest. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not joking. And he's like, you know, he's obviously from Israel because he had, he had no problems letting me know how he felt about it. And he, he, and I was like, I am so sorry. And I got sick about four or five times on the plane. I, I get to Tel Aviv. Uh, we have a, an air, a hotel that night. Leah and I are trying to get a cab. We get in a cab. The guy doesn't know where the hotel is. I'm showing him the name of the hotel on my phone, still feeling terrible. Did, I laid down for a little bit, but was not fun during that plane ride. The guy doesn't know where the hotel is. He thinks he knows. He gets it in the thing. We go to the wrong hotel like 30 minutes away. I have to get out, go into the hotel, still, you know, shaking, sick, awful, go in and ask this other guy. He's like, do you know where this hotel is? Because this guy doesn't want to call. And they call the hotel. I bring him out. He talks to the other guy. And they're like talking. Hasha, hasha, hasha. Hasha, 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 hasha. And I'm like, we good? He starts to walk away. I'm like, hold up. Are we good? Do you know where we're going? And they're like, good. Get in the cab and say, did he give you the address? He goes, no. I'm like, are you kidding me? You don't even know where we're going. Anyway, I get them on the phone. I put them on speakerphone. I dial international. I give him my phone. I was like, figure it out. He's like, is it near the such and such? I'm like, I'm a tourist. I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm a, I don't know if you think I look local or something. I have no idea if it's near the such and such. Okay? I don't even know what the such and such is. And so I'm getting frustrated. I'm starting to get frustrated at this point. After the 11-hour plane ride, being sick, all this stuff, I start to get very frustrated. And so we finally get to our hotel. The guy at the desk talks, the, like, at the slowest pace possible. I'm like, get me in my room. You know what I mean? And so I get in the room. I sleep. We wake up the next day, and bang, we're headed to a refugee camp. Okay? This is the kingdom of God advancing. Force requires resistance. I was pushing, pushing, okay? And I only have a few minutes, but I'm going to read to you the context of uh, that verse. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. You can just, we have it on the screens, listen to it. This is Jesus. He says, now while John the baptizer was in prison, he heard about what Christ was doing among the people. So he sent his disciples to ask him the question, are you really the one prophesied to come or should we still wait for another? Quick note about that. John was an Essene. There's the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Essenes. The Essenes were the only righteous sect of the religious people. And they were protesting the temple because it was illegal, all this stuff. John knew that this was the Messiah. Okay, this is after the dove. This is after all that. John's leaping in the womb. John had no doubt that this was the Messiah. You know when your spouse asks you a question, but there's really a question within the question? That's exactly what John is doing. John is in prison, and he says, are you really the Messiah, or should we wait for another? Wink, wink. Are you going to get me out of prison? I mean, I'm your boy. I prophesied you. I'm here. He's going to chop my head off. You know what I'm saying? That's what John was saying, just so you know. And Jesus answered to his disciples, Give John this report. The blind see again, the crippled walk, lepers are cured, the deaf hear, dead are raised back to life, and the poor are broken and broken now hear of the hope of salvation. 
and tell John that the blessing of heaven comes upon those who never lose their faith in me. Come on, he answered both questions. Did you hear that? <laughs> no matter what happens. And as they were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What kind of man did you see when you went out to the wilderness? Did you expect to see a man who would be easily intimidated? Who was he? Did you expect to see a man decked out in splendid fashion of the day? Those who wear fancy clothes live like kings in palaces. Or did you encounter a true prophet out in the lonely wilderness? Question. Here's the answer. Yes. John was a prophet like those of the past. But he is even more than that. He was the fulfillment of this scripture. Now, you guys need to, you need to catch this. He's honoring John in the midst of John's doubting. Jesus honors everyone. He didn't go, oh, John, how, how dare you ask if I'm the Messiah or not? You know. And then he turns around and publicly honors him. That's amazing. He says, this is the guy. See, I am sending my prophetic messenger who will go ahead of me and prepare hearts to receive me. For I tell you the truth, throughout history there has never been a man who surpasses John the baptizer. Yet the least of those who now experience heaven's kingdom realm will become even greater than he. The least of those who now experience heaven's kingdom realm will become even greater than he. Say, that's me. You guys understand he's talking about you? <laughs> From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, this is the verse, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth, forcefully advancing, and passionate people have taken hold of its power. For all the prophets and the Torah prophesied until John appeared. If you can receive this truth, John is the Elijah who was designed to come, destined to come, sorry. So listen and understand what I'm telling you. Don't you understand? How could I describe the people of this generation? Stay with me. He's going to talk about the kingdom resistance right here. You're like children playing games on the playground, yelling at their playmates. You don't like it when we want to play wedding. You don't like it when we want to play funeral. You will neither dance nor mourn. Why is it that when John came to you, neither feasting nor drinking wine, you said he has a demon in him? Yet when the Son of Man came and went to feast and drank wine, I just want to read this really slowly make sure I'm getting it right. Went to feast and drank wine. You said, look at this man. He's nothing but a glutton and a drunkard. He spends all his time with tax collectors and other affluent sinners. But God's wisdom will be visibly seen living in those who embrace it. Let me drop some wisdom on you. John encountered resistance, stone in jail. And he wanted to know why he wasn't being rescued from it. He was not doubting the truth of who Jesus was. He was questioning Jesus' motives. Come on, how many of you in your poor situation have questioned the motive and the heart of God and said, hey, where are you, man? Like, what's the deal? If you're God, then do this, please. Jump, monkey, jump. <laughs> That's the sound of repentance right there. John and Jesus actually encountered resistance from the religious people of the day. That's what he's saying. They, they didn't repent when John came fasting and, and in the wilderness wearing camel's hair, eating locusts. Locusts are actually a picture of the religious spirit, by the way. So he's chomping them to bits and saying, yeah, this is what I think of you. And they didn't repent. And then Jesus came and started throwing parties, and they didn't celebrate. This is the religious spirit resisting the move of God's kingdom. And resisting a move of God because it's not what you expected is to resist the advancement of the kingdom. To resist the move of God because it doesn't look like what you want it to look like is to re resist the kingdom advancing. 
Come on, if you're going, oh, that, that's totally not God. I, that, that God would not do it that way. I, I ask this question all the time. Are you sure? Uh, I read my Bible. It's really weird, you know. I'm going to do a series in a few weeks called The Wild, Weird, and Wonderful Ways of Yahweh. And we're just going to talk about all the weird junk in the Bible. That's what we're going to do. It's going to be awesome. It is. It's going to be good. So they didn't mourn with John and they didn't celebrate with Jesus. And that's them resisting the move of God. They're partnering with the enemy. So I don't want you to be devil-focused, but we also are not supposed to, we can't be ignorant of his schemes, okay? I wasn't ignorant of what the devil was doing, all right, that day when I was trying to get to Israel and, and being sick and all that stuff. I wasn't ignorant because I know the devil hates Palestinian refugees laughing and dancing. I know the devil hates celebratory parades through Palestine-controlled Bethlehem, releasing peace and joy into the city. I know the devil hates that. I know, I know the devil hates widows being fed by Christians, Muslim widows being fed by Christians. I know the devil hates that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. You understand? That's where we went. We actually went into the second most dangerous refugee camp in the Middle East and did that. Yep. You think that's not going to be resisted? Come on. But it's not that I'm expecting resistance. It's that I'm aware and I don't focus on it. I focus on advancing the kingdom. That's what I need you to take home today. Awareness is good. Focus is bad. Awareness of what the devil is doing is good. Focus is bad. Are you with me? Don't get devil focused because you reproduce what you behold. What you look at, you'll look like. I've seen a lot of intercessors praying to Jesus that don't look anything like Jesus. They look like somebody else. Because they're focused on what the devil is doing. John was focused on what the devil was doing. I'm in prison. I'm locked up. And Jesus said, focus on what the Messiah is doing. The lame walk, the blind see. Yeah, it has nothing to do with you. But can you celebrate with your happy friends? Come on. Whew, we're not to be devil focused, but we are also not to be ignorant of his schemes. We advance the kingdom no matter what the resistance looks like. There's a tenacity needed with that. There's a tenacity needed when it comes to following Jesus. I'd love to break it to you. you got to get tenacious about the kingdom with me. we got to get tenacious about human trafficking ending in Tampa Bay. It can't be passive. we got to be tenacious about children being sold into sex slavery. you got to be tenacious. You can't just pray passively. You can't just do nothing. You can't just leave your money in your pocket. You understand? you got to get tenacious about your giving. Here and elsewhere, we got to get tenacious. I need some kingdom advancers. I need some kingdom force. I need someone to say, sign me up to forcefully advance the kingdom. That's what we need. Amen? So, that's part one. Because i got to land the plane now. <laughs> part two is coming at you next week. We'll talk a little bit more about practicality and what it looks like to enforce the law of the spirit of life. But for today, you need to understand that force requires resistance, but we don't focus on the resistance. We focus on the kingdom. You with me? Are you okay? I might feel simple, but it'll change your life. Because if you start laughing in the midst of attack, yeah, I'm walking through uh, the airport doing this, shivering like this, and going, ha, 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 
Would you stand with me? I'm going to have the restoration team come up front. And we're going to pray. Um, I don't know who my closer is. It's Jimmy. Jimmy is going to come up and close the gathering. Yes. Uh, I think, Jimmy, there he is. Yeah. So just say, say I, let's say this. If you want to say it, don't say it if you don't want to say it. And don't say it passively, please. No lukewarm declarations at the resting place. All right. Let's say I sign up for the kingdom force. Say, I sign up for the kingdom force. It just feels good. Let's say it one more time. I sign up for the kingdom force. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We want to let you know about our new Wired for Greatness online discipleship platform. It equips you to do the work of God in your realm of influence. Check it out at wiredforgreatness.me. Enjoy this podcast.